Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Friday. It's September 25th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. The surprising payoff of playing in the NBA bubble. And Republicans and Democrats are lawyering up ahead of the election. But first, there's a chance Joe Biden could win in a landslide. And that's today's one big thing. We've been hearing all different kinds of scenarios for what election night might turn out to be. And here's another one for you. Mike Allen has been talking to Democratic strategists about, and it's a possibility of Joe Biden winning in a landslide. Yeah. So look at the polls. Joe Biden is winning in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, all the big states that put President Trump in last time. What if he wound up winning all of those? He was ahead in Florida. Now it's tightening. He's ahead in a bunch of red states, Texas, Georgia, Arizona, Iowa, North Carolina, all places where changing demographics are helping him. A Biden landslide is just as real a possibility as a Trump victory. They're roughly the same odds. And given those odds, Mike, if that were to happen, what do you think that means for Congress, for the Senate and for the House? A blue wave is a blue wave. And if you have Biden winning big, even Republicans will tell you he's going to bring surprising senators with him. What we see from history is in a big blue wave, a big red tide, surprising people. And that's what would happen if we had anything like the map that we're talking about here. If suddenly Joe Biden were to win every place he's winning, if he were to even perform a point or two ahead of when he's running now, that's when you have a tectonic shift in American politics. So how are you thinking about this then? I'm thinking that we should prepare our listeners for something they've never seen before, that the times when you would get to see the red and blue map before you went to bed. And I grew up in California, so on Pacific time, we usually knew elections when we went to sleep. That's very unlikely. So all of this is asking America for patience. And in these times, that's one thing I guarantee we don't got. Well, thank you. This is a good lesson for all of us to just think about during this pandemic. And Axios' co-founder is Mike Allen. Mike, thanks for being with me. I appreciate it. Nyla, have the best weekend. We'll be back in 15 seconds with how both parties are preparing for potentially brutal legal fights after the election. Welcome back to Axios Today. President Trump has refused to commit to a peaceful transfer of power after the November election. We want to make sure the election is honest, and I'm not sure that it can be. I don't I don't know that it can be. In response, Democrats are assembling a vast legal team. Hans Nichols is here to explain more. Hans, what exactly are Democrats trying to prepare for? They're trying to prepare for every contingency, and they've been scarred on this in the past, namely Bush v. Gore in 2000, where a lot of Democrats think the main mistake that was made was stopping the vote count. And so you have some Democratic lawyers saying you can't make that mistake again. You can't have the Supreme Court come and stop the recount. One of the scenarios that you all were reporting out for the piece that you and Elena Treen did was the Titanic scenario. Can you explain what that might be? 
Pennsylvania is the biggest concern. It could be other states. You could see something in Florida as well. But the issue is, is that on Election Day, through a combination of ballots cast, either in person, mail-in, absentee, that there's one slate of electors and that they're going to go to Washington and say, we're all for Joe Biden or we're all for Donald Trump. In this case, they'd be for Joe Biden. And there would be a separate slate of electors that's selected by the legislature that says, actually, we're the legitimate ones. You can't trust all the mail-in votes. You have two rival competing dueling camps that both go to Washington and both vying to be anointed as the real actual representation of the state of Pennsylvania. And then you have to have Congress try to figure out which one is legitimate. You also have the potential that the Supreme Court is deadlocked at 4-4 because Ruth Bader Ginsburg hasn't been replaced. And on top of this, it gets thrown in the House of Representatives, which it's unclear where they stand on this because they have to be seated on January 3rd. The bottom line is these are worst case scenarios. I think we need to be clear that all these potential doomsday scenarios aren't foreordained possibilities. It's totally possible, as you just heard, that there's a Biden landslide or even a Trump victory that's close but convincing. So lawyers get paid to think around corners. They they get paid to think of these contingencies. And this is one of the things they're thinking about. They're preparing for it and they're ready to take it all the way to the highest court in the land. Hans Nichols covers the Biden campaign for Axios. In this year's NBA playoff, teams have been competing at a noticeably higher level. And it's not just me, the NBA fan, that has noticed this. So has Kendall Baker, Axios' sports editor. Some are suggesting it's because of the bubble that players have been in at Disney. Hey, Kendall, so when we think about the stellar level of play in the bubble, does it really come down to something as simple as sleep? I think it very well could. The NBA average team travels about 44,000 miles a year, which is 36% more than baseball teams, 441% more than NFL teams. So it's almost obvious that that would lead to better play because guys aren't jet lagged, changing time zones, flying constantly. And do you think this will lead to changes post-pandemic, post-bubble? There's reports that it was discussed on a league call recently, the idea of instead of a team playing one game in a city, they maybe play two in the span of maybe three days. And so it's definitely something to watch. And speaking of play, are you surprised at who's made it to this second to last round here? Absolutely. I think the Nuggets and the Heat, but particularly the Heat, are a great story. LeBron James versus the Heat, I mean, that's ratings gold. Kendall Baker is Axios' sports editor. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is lying in state today at the U.S. Capitol, a week after her passing. Yesterday afternoon, we went to the Supreme Court to talk to some of the thousands of people who went to pay tribute to her. Tony Dowling, a lawyer, has been following RBG and the Supreme Court for years. In this time of turmoil, such a uh, partisan time, I thought it was important for anyone who could to come down and, and show respect for a person who tried to make the law equal. For others like Michelle Bush, her legacy was more personal. My mother brought me to the Supreme Court as a young child. She was an OBGYN, and so reproductive women's health care and rights has been a part of my family literally my whole life. It's important to be out here, to pay respects to somebody who fought so hard for equality, for women's rights, just for America, period. That's what I think a meaningful life is, 
one lives not just for oneself, but for one's community. Justice Ginsburg is the first woman and first Jewish person to lie in state. At her request, she'll be buried at Arlington National Cemetery. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Alderman, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, and Naomi Shaven. Alex Sugiyara is our mix engineer. Sarah Kehilani-Gu is our executive editor. Special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Lital Malad and Jacob Weisberg. You can write to us at podcasts at axios.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Nyla Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a great weekend.